Hey, as we get back into society, let's remember, people will punch you in the fucking mouth. Man, I love that intro. Shout out to Pat McAfee for that wonderful soundbite. And of course, Rick Astley. Who wouldn't like Rick Astley? That's, that's, that is a classic song. Anyway, so this is the Matt Mindset. I am your host, Drew Elder. Today, I'm going to do a little recap of uh, what we discussed a little bit on episode one. I know I gave everyone a bit of my background on what I did as far as my fighting career and all that stuff, but I'm going to give a little refresher. I don't know how long it's been. You know, maybe you haven't been uh, listening to the podcast. Maybe this is your second episode that you've ever listened to. Great, cool. Thank you. But a little bit of a background on myself is I started fighting MMA, boxing, and Muay Thai. I started doing Muay Thai boxing when I was 16 or 17. I fought MMA when I was 18. I've had a few boxing matches. I've had a few MMA fights. Nothing fancy, all amateur, nothing professional. Not yet. We'll see what happens in the future. It's a long shot. But <laughs> nothing yet. So, anyways, uh, my first MMA, my sorry, my first boxing match, actually, I was 18. And I was in college, a freshman in college. And So, how I got involved in this, this boxing match was <laughs> my brother, Chris, he went to the same college that I went to. And he fought in the same event that I did. He didn't do so well, to be honest. So when I was when I was coming up, and like even when I was younger, I, I wasn't fighting when when this happened. But he didn't do great, and he lost. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna avenge this loss. <laughs> so lo and behold, I ended up going to Stephen F. Austin. They were still having the event, and I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll sign up. I signed up, and I was just like, all right, I'm winning this fucking fight. I won. And in the second or first or second round, I can't remember exactly, like, when it was, but I ended up knocking the guy down in the first round with, like, a left hook or something, and it was it was beautiful. There's there, That feeling, oh, my God, that feeling is incredible. When you knock someone down, it's just like, yeah! <laughs> like, shit just starts going your way, and it's exhilarating. After that, I won that fight, thankfully, and I was like, okay, I have to continue to do this in some way, shape, or form, so I started to fight MMA. I had my first MMA fight probably in the same year, so it wasn't that far, far off from each other. I was still in school, and I was was training at this place back home where I lived before I went off to school, and uh, when I went off to college, my head coach at the time was like, all right, cool, we'll get you a fight, this is great. You know, you got decent Muay Thai, so just kick him in the leg. You know, we're just going to stay standing, defend the takedown, and uh, stay standing up and just and outbox him and outkickbox him. So that's what I tried to do. First round comes, we touch gloves, probably, I don't know, maybe a minute into the first round. He clips me with an overhand right, like right in the temple, and I just black out. I don't know what happened. I just remember I got hit, and I was like, oh shit, and I got... I remember feeling the fence on my fingers. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a cage. And he shot in for a takedown, and as soon as he shot, I was able to defend, and my coaches were yelling, underhooks, Drew, you got to get in your underhooks. And that's when I came. I was like, oh, fuck, I got, I, you know, 
that's why I said it's very important to like listen to your coaches and all that stuff. And it, it was easy for me to listen to them because those are kind of the only people that I could hear, to be honest with you. Defended the takedown. It was great. I was having so much fucking fun. Adrenaline's flowing. Like I remember being in the locker room. Like I don't know what fight I was. I was probably like for the fifth or sixth fight of the night. I can't remember. But I took a nap. I was chill. I was relaxed. But then they were like, Elder, you're up next. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I started to get so fucking nervous. It wasn't even funny. I was shaking. And I told my coach beforehand, I was like, you nervous? I was like, no, I'm good. I'm all right. I'm chill, you know, trying to play it off. And then as soon as I go, Elder, you're up next. I was like, I looked at my coach straight in the eye and I said, okay, now I'm nervous. You have to be nervous. I mean, it's just part of it. Like if you compete or if you've competed before, you know, like getting nervous is just part of the drill. Like you just have to learn how to handle those nerves and how to, how to go forward, figure it out and just sort it out and just continue to do what you know how to do. You're still going to compete. You're not going to just say, fuck it. I'm nervous. I don't want to be here anymore. So I'm just going to back out. Like nobody does that. You're, you're going to continue to fucking fight. You're going to continue to step on the mats for jiu-jitsu or box in the ring or whatever. Just because you're nervous doesn't mean you're just going to quit or give up for the day. You're still going to do it. So anyways, um, after getting almost knocked out in the first round, second round goes great. Had a, you know, I remember the second round. And then the third round, I remember being so fucking tired that I was just like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> I just remember thinking to myself, I just need to breathe and throw a jab and throw a leg kick occasionally, and I think I can win, because I was so fucking tired. Now, you got to keep in mind, before this fight, I didn't have a training camp. <laughs> I was I was in college. I accepted the fight. My coach said, yeah, we'll get you a fight. I said, okay, cool. I accepted the fight and had to go back up to school for to earn more credits for my bachelor's degree. So throughout this time, I was just doing sports sprints I was trying to swim laps I was doing sprints up this gigantic ass hill that they had at Stephen F. Austin at the football stadium and I was I wasn't even really fucking training to be honest with you I was hitting mitts with a, a good friend of mine Berto and he was teaching me boxing and helping me with my boxing and stuff and it was great but and I was grappling with some guys in Lufkin Texas I went to school in Nacogdoches Texas but that wasn't as often as I should have been training, you know, I was only training maybe like twice a week. I was going down to Lufkin and hitting mitts and that's about it. I was trying to study. I couldn't really spar much because there was no fucking training partners that I had. None of my friends fought besides Birdo, but he was just a straight boxer. So I think, <laughs> I don't think he would like me getting, kicking him in the leg. Actually, I know that for a fact he, he wouldn't cause I, I did it once and he, he really didn't like it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it it was it was tough for me. Like n feeling what I felt in that first fight was terrible. I'll tell you, I was just like, all right, I was dieting too, and so I, I walked around like 170 pounds in college. And back then, I hadn't had to, I didn't have a science on how to water weight cut just yet. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically you sit in a sauna for you know some time, and then you sit in a hot tub. For a time, and I know you're thinking, "Oh, that sounds relaxing," but the hot tub is it it it's hot water. <laughs> you're sitting in hot water; it's horrible, and you're trying to shed all this water weight the week of the fight to try to get down to the designated weight that you're supposed to fight at. And my weight was 155 pounds. So, like I said, I was walking around at 170, and 
a little bit down the road, as I gained more experience, I, uh, I just cut, you know, 10 to 15 pounds in a week of water weight, but this was my first fight and I had no fucking idea how to do any of that shit. So <laughs> I, I dieted down and I, I was eating just basically chicken and vegetables and like one carb a day. And I was fucking miserable to be honest, because I didn't know how to diet properly for fighting. I was just like, I better make sure that I intake protein. I get some carbs for training. And, uh, that's pretty much all I knew how to do. It has since Chen changed a lot since then. I didn't even have to cut any water weight for this fight. To be honest with you, I stepped on the scales at 153 pounds, which I dieted down perfectly normally. So the next day I probably was stepping into the cage at 155, maybe 158 on a, you know, on a bad day. But if you water cut, usually I've heard guys that drop 20 pounds in a week of water. That's tough. I, I, I've never done that much weight. I don't intend to do that much weight, to be honest with you. The most I've done in a week is I think like 13 or 14. And it was just sauna suit, sit in the sauna for 15 minutes, cool off, back in the sauna for 15 minutes, cool off, back in the sauna for 15 minutes, go home, get the water as hot as you can stand, soak yourself, submerge yourself, neck down. Back then I lived in, when I did cut the 10 pounds or 12 pounds, whatever it was, I lived in an apartment. So those little ass tubs were not built for soaking your whole body, but it, uh, it works and it is, it can be miserable because the water is just beneath the level you can stand. Relaxing levels like, ah, oh, this is nice and hot. It's warm, whatever. You know, you ever sit in a hot tub on like a cold day and you're just like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, this is great. I love this. But imagine like turning the heat up a little bit and it being, it's still being like 80 degrees outside. So it's, it can, it gets hot as fuck. So, oh, that wasn't fun. I, that's probably the worst part about fighting, to be honest with you. That In my experience, that's always been the worst part. Everyone hates the fucking weight cut. It's, it's always terrible. It's never fun. It's always like a week of just like, motherfucker, you're hungry, you know, and I'll tell you. If you're not single out there, if, you, if you're in a relationship, be it a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever the fuck it is, if you're cutting weight, please, for the love of God, have a supportive partner. Because I'll be honest, my last boxing match that I had, I was cutting weight. I think I cut 10 pounds in a week. <laughs> oh man, I remember this day. I was so fucking mad. <laughs> she didn't understand so I'll, I'll give credit my wife she is a very supportive woman and I love her to death so on the week of the fight I was cutting weight and I told her before hey, I'm gonna have to cut some weight for this fight no big deal and I told her like I'm gonna have to diet you know the week of I'm cutting a lot of water weight because I just I can just put it back on in less than a day or a day so she said oh okay that's great one day I'm cutting weight and it was like the day before weigh-in so I had like I don't know meat and like lettuce and that was it and I had to get in this fucking tub and sit there for 20 minutes and do that three or four times before I was red as fuck like a lobster my wife comes in there bless her heart she comes in there with fucking Chinese food <laughs> and I was just like are you fucking serious here I am cutting all this weight you're walking in with fucking Chinese food what the fuck <laughs> I was pissed <laughs> But she didn't know any better. So please get yourself a supportive partner if you're doing this with somebody. And let them know what it's going to entail. 
because you can't eat that Chinese food or that fucking Whataburger or whatever else people eat. You know, all the shit food that's out there. You can't eat any of that the week of. It'll fuck up your whole your whole plan. So you you got to make sure you have a supportive partner. I can't stress that enough. That that may make the difference in the world. Like my wife, despite bringing in Chinese food, did sit next to me when I was in the tub and just talk to me about random shit. And uh, when I cut weight for this last jiu-jitsu tournament that I was in, she would sit there and watch TV with me when I was chilling in the portable sauna that I bought. So, yeah, get yourself a supportive partner, and I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. So, anyways, um, fast forward. Won the first fight, was fucking overjoyed. My, my mom fucking hated every second of it. You know, I had swelling on my face and my temples and stuff, and... I come out and she's like, oh my God, you're so bruised up. And my dad's like, yeah, you want to do it again, right? And I was like, oh yeah, for sure. So I, I accept another fight. I start training again, not not immediately thereafter. It was in the summertime when I actually could have a, a full training camp, six to eight weeks long. So six to eight weeks of a full training camp, I'm fighting a guy who's a grappler. And they're all like, oh, he's a grappler. We're just going to stick with the same game plan, you know? So <clears throat> I'm going to give you basically kind of like a breakdown of like what I used to do. And it wasn't an everyday thing. I did it a lot more than I think I did, to be honest with you. But it wasn't every day. So I accept the fight, right? And I'm like, all right, fuck yeah. I remember what that what I felt like when I was gassed in the third round of my first MMA fight. And I was like, fuck that. I'm never doing that shit again. And I vowed to myself to never get out of shape for a fight ever since then, and I haven't. So what I would do for this second fight, I would wake up in the morning, and I would run or swim, depending on what I was feeling and how my body felt. I would go for, I would do some road work, anywhere from three to four miles, or I would swim laps. And I can't tell you how fucking far I swam, because it's all in yards, and I'm not good at math. So I don't know how far I would swim. But then I would, you know, come home, take a break, rest, whatever. And then at nighttime, I would go do MMA training or I would grapple or I would hit pads or spar or whatever the fuck was going on that, that evening in the gym. That's what I would do. So I'd probably wake up anywhere from 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning. I would do my run or my swim, rest, and then I would train anywhere from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. This was, the training happened five days a week. The running and swimming was like 3 to two or three days a week. The other two to three days a week, I gave myself a day off Sunday. The other two to three days a week, when I wasn't running or swimming or doing some sort of cardiovascular exercise, I would lift weights. I wasn't lifting for, well, you know, a lot of guys will lift for hypertrophy, which basically means that you're trying to build as much muscle as you can. I was a lightweight. I, I fought at 155 pounds. I didn't weigh that much. I wasn't trying to get to 190 pounds, to be honest with you. So I would do endurance workouts. Sets of 15, sets of 20, I would do supersets, you know, really get the lactic acid build up in the muscle to try to burn myself out, essentially. Um, have my muscles become more endurance, more have more endurance, and I would last longer in the fight. That was my rationale, at least. You know, if I'm defending a takedown and I'm, you know, getting my underhooks or something, which basically means you're, you're underhooking on the guy's arm. You're giving them like a, I don't know how to, how to describe it, but you're going underneath some guy's armpit. And, uh, 
yeah, I just, I just my muscles wouldn't fatigue as fast. You're still going to get fatigued. It's a fucking fight. Like that's just going to happen to you. If if you don't you're going to get tired. But being tired and being gassed are two separate things. So, you don't ever want to get gassed because if you're gassed and your opponent isn't, yeah, fucked. You're you're going to get your ass kicked or you, you're something's going to happen. You're going to get taken down, you're going to get controlled, like you're going to get outstruck, you're going to get outgrappled, like you may not get the shit beaten out of you because you may know how to defend yourself very well, which is great. But ultimately, you may lose the fight, and nobody wants that. That's the worst feeling in the world. <clears throat> so, some of the things I did, like I said, I, anywhere from running, swimming, exercises, chest press, bench press, I tried to do a lot of compound movements. By that, I mean it involved more than one muscle group when I was lifting weights. I wouldn't just do a bicep curl or a tricep extension. You know, that's, that's one movement per one muscle group. I know your biceps have two muscles in them and your triceps have three, but when you do a bench press, you're not just using your pectoris. You know, you're using your chest and your triceps and some of your shoulders for the muscle movement. When you do a bent over row, you're not just using your lats. You're using your lats, your bicep, your erectors to stabilize yourself, your core, etc. Compound movements are the best, in my opinion. I didn't really do a lot of deadlifts um, back then. I don't really do them a lot now either. But I see a lot of guys out here doing a lot of doing deadlifts and stuff for strength, and that's great. You know, I feel like that can be very beneficial as long as you know how to do them correctly. If you don't know how to do them correctly, then you could really fuck yourself up, like injuring, injuring your lower back or your legs or something. So those are the kind of things that I did. Uh, I, like I said, I wasn't trying to build myself up to get like Ronnie Coleman or anything like that. I was just building for muscular endurance. So I take a second fight, circling back. I was doing all this shit. I was training. I was lifting weights. I was running. I was eating correctly. I was swimming laps. I was hitting mitts. I was trying to fucking improve on all areas of my game. And I felt like I was doing a fairly good job, to be honest with you. I was training with some good guys, and I felt like I was improving. I accepted the fight. Again, the coach was like, all right, he's a grappler. We're gonna, we're just going to focus on takedown defense and uh, grappling throughout this training camp. I just want you to stay standing, utilize the jab, kick him in the legs, defend the takedown, and if you get taken down, get back up to your feet and uh, go back to striking. I said, all right, cool, I can do all that shit, <laughs> or so I thought. Second fight comes, first round, we open up, we touch gloves, we're, we're just doing the little circling thing, kind of feeling each other out. I throw a couple jabs, you know, he throws a couple jabs, he pops me in the face, split my lip, no big deal, and then I kick him in the leg one time, and I remember this because I was like, oh, I got him, and then <laughs> after, I, after I did that shit, I remember... He shot in, he got double underhooks on me. He's basically like giving me a big hug. And he was, we were against, my back was against the fence, against the links. And so I hear my coaches screaming, like, get underhooks, get underhooks, defend the takedown, blah, blah, blah. And I was fucking trying. Don't get me wrong. I was very, I was trying desperately to not get taken down. So I got taken down. He landed right inside control, which is like on the side of my body when we're on the ground. And like I said in the first episode, you're supposed to turn into someone in jiu-jitsu to try, to try to get to your feet. At this point in time, I thought that the fence or the cage or the whatever you want to call it was a lot closer than what it was. So I looked over to my right briefly before I got struck in the face. 
and uh, and I was like, oh, cool. I'm close. I can scramble to my feet. He won't be able to take my back. I'll scramble up and I'll defend the takedown and uh, we'll go back to striking and I'll, you know, go do my thing. So I turned away from him and then I realized how far away the fence actually was. It was much farther away than I anticipated, so far away that I didn't have a chance to scramble to my feet. He took my back, sunk his hooks in, which basically enables him to, you know, stabilize and stay on my back to choke me. And uh, he sunk in a rear naked choke and choked me out in less than a minute in the first round. I tapped because I was going to sleep if I didn't. <laughs> so I was like, all right, fuck this. I was pretty pissed. I'm not going to lie. You put in all that work and all that time and all that conditioning. And like, man, I remember how that felt. It sucked. It was it was horrible because, I, you know, you go through so much negativity at that point in time. You think, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I did everything right for this shit. I was fucking fully prepared to go three rounds, and I was in shape, and I was training hard. I was doing this, that, and the other thing. I was fucking getting all my shit straightened out, and you just, you come up on the short end, and that shit happens to everybody, you know, except for, you know, the anomalies out there. There are some guys who haven't lost a professional fight, but, I mean, shit. Floyd Mayweather lost one time, not in professional. Don't get me wrong, he didn't lose a professional fight. He's still 52 or 53, you know. Khabib, I don't know if Khabib Nurmagomedov ever lost a UFC. He didn't lose a UFC fight. He didn't lose a professional MMA fight. I don't know if he ever lost a fight in general, to be honest with you. But again, outliers, anomalies. Those guys are rare. That shit doesn't happen. So after this loss, I take some time off because I'm thinking, what the fuck am I going to do? to get back on my feet, to try to fucking figure this shit out, because this is all I wanted to do, all I wanted to do with my life was fight professionally, make it to the UFC, and just fucking fight, that's it, that's all I wanted to do, so I figured, okay, let me think, let me take some time off, let me figure out what the fuck I want to do with this MMA thing, and we'll see where it goes, ultimately, I decided a switch in gym was necessary. Um, I had heard very good things about Four Ounce Fight Club back in the day. And uh, I knew those Four Ounce guys were tough as fuck. So I was like, alright, I'm going to switch to Four Ounce. This was when Crew Bob Perez and Jeremy Mahon were, were out there coaching together. I was like, alright, cool. I'll go out there. It'll be a great time. It'll, I'll learn a lot from a lot of good dudes. I have good coaching. And it, it I'll, I'll improve. And we'll, we'll fucking make something out of this shit. That was the goal. Sometimes moving gyms is the best thing you can do for yourself. I always tell people that Ronda Rousey, <laughs> I know I'm not anywhere near Ronda Rousey's level, but like, I always thought that if she would have changed gyms, like maybe she would have done better like in the striking department. But I can armchair quarterback that shit all fucking day, but who knows? You know, It's up to her and only her. Everyone can armchair quarterback it, but ultimately it's the fighter's decision. So I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to change gyms. I'm going to go over there. going to fucking train. going to get a fight. I'm going to beat the shit out of somebody. And I'm going to get back in the winner's circle. And we're going to we're gonna continue this fucking f- upward forward momentum towards the pros and towards the UFC. First day. <laughs> oh shit, I remember this day, man. This was... This was a rough, rough day. I'll be honest with you. This was a fucking rough day. Alright, I show up. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's funny now. I show up to four ounce. 
I'm ready to train or whatever. And I remember Coach Bob being like, all right, if you're a fighter, get in the cage. I looked at him and I go, me? And he goes, you're a fighter, aren't you? Yes, get in the cage. I said, okay, yes, sir. (laughs) I go up there. The cage door closes. It's locked. (laughs) Coach is on the outside. He's got his fingers in in the links, in the fence. He's like, all right, Drew, you're going to spar every person in this cage. There was probably like 10 motherfuckers in that fucking cage at that, at that point in time. Maybe maybe less, but there was a lot. It was it was like for like a minute apiece or two minutes apiece. But two minutes apiece for 15 people or 10 people or however many I said is, is a long time. I sparred everybody and I got fucking manhandled by every person in that cage. It wasn't It wasn't even like fair. I just got the shit kicked out of me repeatedly by... 10 people, (laughs) and then I remember he just, you know, he kept barking orders, and I kept trying to follow him as best as I can, and it just wasn't working out, I was still getting punched in the face, and kicked in the legs, and taken down, and fucking submitted, and getting hit everywhere, and all this shit, and it just, it was, it was a tough day, then we did this drill where, you know, people spin you around, like you're, you know, you, you, you ever played that game where you put your head on the bat, and you spin around like 50 times, or whatever, and then you try to hit the ball, or some shit, so we did something similar to that. <laughs> you, <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I know what's coming next. Now I do. Back then I was just like, oh, fuck. So back then they spin you around. I forget how many times. And then it's, it's supposed to simulate your equilibrium getting knocked off balance because everybody, hopefully you know that you ha- you do have some a small amount of water in your inner ear. So if you get hit behind your ear, you can become dizzy or disoriented like really quick. And... uh they're supposed to simulate you being disoriented, and as you're dizzy, trying to get your bearings and figure out where the fuck you are, there's another guy like actively trying to punch you in the face. So you got to figure out <laughs> where the fuck is he coming from, because I'm so dizzy, how to cover up, how to defend myself, how to get the fuck out of this situation, and then how to also throw hands back, how to figure out, you know, how not to just brawl, but how to fight, you know, and that's a valuable tool. Brawling is one thing, fighting is another. And, you know, that taught you how to fight or brawl your way out of a bad situation. Sometimes brawling is necessary, and that's one of those drills that just taught you, hey, there's a time for everything here. You just got to figure out when the fuck that is. So, after that, I was like, I drove home basically in silence. (laughs) Because I was just like, holy fucking shit, am I actually, like, made for this? Like, that was tough. But then I realized, yes, it was tough, but it was what I've been searching for. I came back. I, I rode home, and I came back the very next day because I was like, okay, fuck. If this is how it's going to be like, then this is what it's going to fucking be like. I'm just going to fucking get the shit beat out of me until I improve. I came back based off sheer heart, determination, grit, will, whatever you want to call it. My desire to get better at something that I seemingly wasn't good at was what brought me back to the gym. And that's what's brought me back to the gym pretty much every time, to be honest with you. Be it jiu-jitsu, boxing, MMA. You get the shit kicked out of you one time and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm not as good at this as I thought I was. I need to fucking train harder. I need to get back in the gym. I need to do something. You got to figure it out. 
once you figure that shit out, then the pieces start falling in place for you. I'm not going to say that once I figured that out, like I, I knew I wasn't fucking good at fighting. Like after my second loss, I was like, fuck, I suck at this bullshit. And that's what, that was the catalyst to me switching gyms, to be honest with you. I was just like, okay, I'm not good at this. I got to go somewhere where they're significantly better at this than I am. And they're just going to teach me how to be better. And I knew that was going to involve me getting the shit beaten out of me. <laughs> but that's just part of the game. Chalk it up to the game, man. That's it. You just got to chalk that shit up to the game. And if you don't want to get hit in the face, then, I mean, you shouldn't be fighting in the first place, to be honest with you. But <laughs> you're going to take some licks. That's just fucking what happens. You know? So at the old gym, where I was at before 4-Ounce, I... uh I was still hitting mitts and like doing some sparring and stuff like that, but it wasn't it wasn't like four ounce. It was a different type of gym. There were so many active fighters there. At the old gym, there was only like three or four of us. So it wasn't like I had that many looks from other people. There were a couple pros and there were a couple amateurs, but that was it. Now at four ounce, like everybody there was a fucking fighter. No matter if they were pro or amateur, like that's what they wanted to do and that's what they did. So it was a totally different vibe being over there <laughs> much more serious a lot of driven people there and it was great it was fucking fantastic i loved it because i was like this is how i'm going to accomplish my dreams this is how i'm going to accomplish my goals this is what i need to be fucking doing this is who i need to be around if i'm going to fucking excel at this combat sports thing so on a regular basis we would do pad work you know kickboxing and mma pad work like i remember coach bob he still does this drill to this day he has like a miniature dummy that he puts like right on his knee and he'll have you throw like a combination and then he'll push the dummy out so you have to sprawl pick it back up and start throwing more hand combinations and the first time I did that shit I was fucking exhausted and I thought to myself oh shit if I can make it through a round of this I can make it through a fucking fight no problem <laughs> with all the other shit I was still doing my other shit I was still running and swimming and doing all that other shit that I told you about earlier on top of now training much more intensely at a, at a, you know, I'm not going to say a better gym, but a much more intense gym. I'm not here, on here trying to badmouth anybody. So I was still doing all that shit. Even after that mid work, I was just like, fuck, if I can get through all this, I know I can get through the fucking, the fight. No problem. <laughs> because that added on to the sprints, the swimming, and the fucking long distance runs I've been doing, and the weights and sh all that other shit. Uh, I would have been golden. No problem. So I took another fight. This is typically, this is what happened. This is the the, the end of my amateur MMA career. Like I said, it was short-lived. <laughs> I took a fight. It got scratched. I took another fight. It got scratched. All my fights kept getting scratched. And then, like I told you, you know, somebody in my life who, who, I, who I don't hold very close to my, in my inner circle anymore, you know, told me not to do this. And so I stopped. And it was, do I, I mean, like I said, I regret that decision. I shouldn't have done that. And just because of the fact that I, I felt like I was improving and I feel like, you know, in, in, in MMA, you always have a shot if you're young and you're hungry and you're good or you have a good camp, like you're good people around you, you always can make it. Like as long as you keep winning fights and your coaches are confident in you and you're excelling and you're winning there's always a chance you could make it, be it, you know, to the UFC or wherever you want to fucking go with it. There's always that chance that 
you could be the next thing. You don't know. And I always told myself, you know, people would tell me, oh, you don't know, you're not going to make it to the UFC, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I always told myself, but what if I could? What if I was the next thing? And I just hadn't been, my potential hadn't been fully unlocked yet or whatever. That's what kept me working so fucking hard because that's all I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> I didn't want to do anything else. I, it would have been hard for me putting on a suit on a regular basis. It would have been hard for me going to a 9 to 5 every single fucking day. There's just something about combat that just drives people to do it. There's something about that me versus you. That's it. Everyone will say it's a team sport, and it is. You have to have a good team sport around you to succeed because without the team, you don't have any fucking training partners. And you're not going to, what are you going to do, train by yourself in the fucking garage? Like, cool, but that's not going to get you very far. You need some sort of a team around you to help push you to that next level, to help guide you in the right directions. You need coaches to be confident in you and to teach you new shit. If you don't have any of that, then it, it, it's tough. That's just what it was a day in the life of an amateur MMA fighter. You know, that was my mat mindset, constantly working my ass off to go to the next level, to excel, to achieve my goals, to never let anything stand in my way. Unfortunately, I did, but that happens. That's life. You got to figure out what you want to do. If fighting is it, you got to put all your fucking eggs in one basket and just go for it. Fighting is tough. You know, fighting is a very tough sport. It's hard. You have to be determined. You have to you have to you have to know what you're getting yourself into before you actually get into it. Because if you just jump into it, you're not gonna know exactly <clears throat> you're not gonna know exactly what's happening whenever you fail. Because you're gonna fail in training. That happens to everybody. Like <laughs> you're not gonna know how to how to take it when you get punched in the face. Shit up. I only started boxing because I wanted to learn how to defend myself. I didn't start because I wanted to know how to box and compete and all all this shit. I I had no desire to fucking step in the MMA cage at all. <laughs> Until a friend of mine suggested I do. So, I just, I just had no desire to. And then once I fought one time, I was fucking hooked. And that's all I wanted to do with my life. And it was, I'll tell you, it was cool. I don't regret that part of my life. I thoroughly enjoyed that that portion of my life because it did teach me a lot of things. It did teach me how to persevere. I mean, it taught me how to work hard regardless of how shitty you felt. There are days when I was training as an amateur MMA fighter and I just, <laughs> I was like, fuck, I don't want to fucking do this shit. I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> but... I had a fight coming up, so I had to go anyways. And it teaches you how to just be disciplined, be hard-nosed, have some grit. And if you want something, you got to go after that shit. That's what it teaches you. I'm happy I did, and I'm still happy I trained jiu-jitsu. Being around combat sports, like, if you've ever stepped foot in a gym, like, the gym vibe is different. There's no, it's so funny. Like the walks of life that come in and out of an MMA gym or a jiu-jitsu gym or whatever kind of gym that you're in. You're going to see guys in the gym that you wouldn't fucking vibe with at all. But since they're in the fucking jiu-jitsu gym, you're, you're chilling. You guys are friends. 
some shit that's going to be said that won't be said outside the gym. And that's just part of the camaraderie that's there. And that's, oh man, that is so cool to me. I love that. (laughs) That part of just being in the gym, man, after training, you would just be sitting on the cage or sitting on the, the mats or whatever. Just be bullshitting about just fucking anything under the sun. It doesn't even have to be UFC fights or or, or MMA or even jiu-jitsu. Like, you'll be talking about random shit. And it's, <laughs> it's straight camaraderie. And it is a family. And it is, it's just beautiful to see, to be honest with you. You can't get that anywhere else. And that's what I like so, I loved so much. Besides, like, the mano a mano. I love that part too. That it's a team sport, but you're in there by your fucking self. It's one on one. And I fucking love that shit. It was so cool just being in there one on one. If you play basketball, you could have a great game. You can have a triple double or double double or whatever the fuck you want to have. A fantastic game. Your team could still lose. And then, you know. People would ask you, how do you feel? I feel fine. You know, you you performed. Your team failed to perform, but you did. You did fine. You did enough to try to help your team win. So it's not as, you know, you st- it still sucks fucking losing. Nobody wants to lose. You play to win the game. But you could be like, okay, I, I had a triple-double. Like, I did as much as I could do to help this team win, but we just lost. <laughs> when you lose an MMA fight... Oh, fuck. You think that the world's crumbling because your teammates did everything to help you, but you didn't do enough. That part irked me. That part drove me insane. I never want to feel never wanted to feel that again. Nobody ever does. But that's the beauty of it all. Your team helps you out as much as they can. They want to see you win. They want to see you do work. They want to see you fucking excel. But if you go out there and you lose still, it's on you. And there's beauty in that. And I love that. That was <laughs> all the other bullshit, you know, the you know, the 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 talking about nonsense, the going out with the guys at the gym, the post training jokes, the during training jokes, whatever the fuck you want to talk about. All that's all fine and dandy, but if you lose a fight, the next day you go into the gym, you're like, oh, fuck. I just let everyone down. That feeling alone, man, it can eat you up. It did me for sure. I know that for a fact. I was like, what the fuck? And it took me a while to get over that. That's why you train. That's why you go back. That's why you ask for advice. That's why you continue to get better. That's why you continually train. That's why it's a continuous thing. It's not one loss is going to break you forever. You got to have, like I said, you got to have some kind of heart. You got to have some kind of determination. You got to have some kind of grit, some kind of will to want to get better. To train on days you don't want to train. Discipline yourself. Go for those runs you don't want to go for. Swim. (laughs) No bullshit though. Swimming is probably one of the greatest cardio things I've done during my short MMA, my short combative fighting career. You got to do those things. That was just me as an amateur. Just wait till I have a professional fighter on here and they tell you what they go through and how they train. 
<laughs> that's it's a different world. It's a different world. Going from amateur to pro, it's a different world. That's what they do for a living. That that what I did was I just did it because I loved it, but also because I wanted to do that for a living, but you have to start somewhere, you know. And I feel like a lot of people just that mindset is almost lost. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I I do not believe that at all. But I feel like the mindset that I have about doing shit when I don't want to do it is becoming lost. Anyways, that's my Matt mindset. And this is the Matt mindset. And I'm Drew Elder. Have a great day.